nowadays in our modern world. It's incredibly complex partly. It is also a bit more troublesome. But the good thing is that we can almost freely choose where we want to go. And we can go where we are treated best and where we want to live. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Singing Kuala, Happy New Year and Niemann Hau guys. Welcome to the next episode of the Dragonfolio China podcast. My name is Eric and since we are celebrating one year Dragonfolio China podcast and also today the 30th episode of this podcast show, I'm going to make it a more personal episode today. I find it important that people can get to know me a bit better, my background, my activities and what drives me. For those of you who already know me, know me a bit better perhaps, you guys have at least a chance to follow my journey and hopefully enjoy some of my thoughts. Plus, I will also include an outlook in particular on China and what I expect this year. Certain trends are going to continue, certain things might be new. Honestly, most of the things in my life these days are somehow connected to China, whether it's my personal education, whether it's my business, whether it's my investments, they all have some relation somewhere to China, so it's not too difficult. And essentially, this is what this podcast is about. So let's start straight up with my current situation. Where am I right now? I'm still actually locked down literally in Europe, and I don't see this changing within the next weeks. I'm very optimistic Regarding this year, I'm very excited and I think that it could be really a year with a exponential curve where things gonna start extremely slowly, but then as they pick up pace over the course of the year, I think there are a lot of great things and I believe that every single year offers many chances for almost every person. You just have to seize those opportunities Nonetheless, the first three months for me gonna be pretty much Europe, um, Germany and the Netherlands mostly. And then I hope that starting in April, I can travel a bit. I'm planning to go to East Europe, um, Southeast Europe to do some trips, probably. And then, uh, see what, what, uh, yeah, what, what we're supposed to do. Apart from my personal projects, such as Dragonfolio China, my personal trading activities, I've also joined a startup lately called Eurotunity. You can check that out. It's Eurotunity, like the end of opportunity and beginning of Europe. Um, we help Chinese students who want to study in Europe, who want to relocate. It's a um, interesting project where I, I joined a team of uh, three people. And um, I think that will consume more time probably throughout the year. But that is basically what, um, what I'm engaged in right now. My big goal, however, which I'm already preparing for, but which probably cannot be achieved prior to the second half of this year, is a relocation, a relocation to China. For the last two years, I was basically what some people would refer to as a perpetual traveler or an, a 
digital nomad. I was living in different places. I was traveling around. Um, that was on purpose. But I seek a bit more stability and I also actually really want to go to China. That is my big goal. So that's the number one thing I want to do this year. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident that I can go to China. I see it more as a return to China. I have been to China a couple of times, but this year it should be something that is more permanent and a bit more stable. On top of my current projects that I just mentioned, I plan to do a either second master or a PhD in China. It is most likely going to be something related to Chinese philosophy. I find that entire topic very interesting. And I think it's the next logical step because my economic education is certainly done. Doesn't mean I cannot learn new things, but it's nothing I want to really keep studying a lot. I think I want to get different angles and as I want to understand China even better, the next logical step would be to dive into the Chinese philosophy area. So that is most likely what I'm going to um, study in China, um, apart from the other things. Um, right now I'm preparing already. It's a bit difficult because there is some uncertainty regarding this year and about especially <clears throat> regarding the point in time where I can really return to China. But I'm optimistic. Um, I'm not really following the situation every day uh, in Europe, in China, because it depends on both, right? If the situation in Europe is really bad, China won't let me in. China also needs to be relaxed enough to allow foreigners um, to, to enter again. Right now, it's still very restricted. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about you, but I'm not really following anymore all this news and updates and figures. I'm totally sick of it. I stopped following news totally, including social media. I'm only consuming a few very selective channels, people I trust. No more media, basically. I left Twitter, I left Instagram, all these platforms. I'm still around on LinkedIn and have a Facebook account. That's more for administrative purposes. But I'm totally off these platforms. I was really sick of all this political nonsense and COVID topics. And it took so much time for me. I constantly felt upset when I was on these platforms. It didn't deliver any value to me at the end. And so I just stopped. And so far, I mean, we are just 20, 20 days into the new year. But so far, it's amazing. And I don't see any reason why I'm going to stop this. I'm, of course, not one of these life coaches that is telling you how to live your life. I'm just sharing what I do. And um, yeah, for me, it's great. I focus more on myself. Um, than ever and um, yeah do those things that I enjoy and that I should do the only thing I miss um, frankly speaking is personal interaction and communication and with this I don't mean zoom calls I mean really meeting people having a beer with them going on holiday trips with some people going on some cool hikes with people that I cannot meet right now this is what I really miss and um, yeah, I think it's it's uh, in one year. I I won't talk about this probably anymore. It's it's just a, a temporary thing, and and so this is um, yeah the current situation. So um, I got a bit um, off track. Um, so besides my relocation plans 
and study plans, which I just mentioned, I'm of course improving my Mandarin, my language skills every single day. And in as soon as I hit China, I will of course also intensify that. Um, last year, I was able to reach the HSK 5 level in Chinese that equals the C1 level, if you're familiar with that scale. So I think I can say that um, my Chinese now is, is, is okay. Uh, it's not where I want to have it in the future. So I think in the 10th episode, I made a special about my Mandarin language goals. So in a few years, I want to be absolutely fluent, reach the HSK 6 level, which is C2 and as close as you can get to native as a foreign uh, foreign person. So that's my long-term goal. And I think um, as soon as I'm back in China, I will easily catch up with that and don't have any doubts that this is going to work out. What's the destination in China that I'm going to that might be interesting for you? I mean, China is a big country, obviously. There are a lot of places you can go. It really comes down to what... What do you want? What is important for you? I haven't decided on the on the city yet. If you want to study like me, you have to go to one of the bigger cities. But we have 150 cities in China with a population of more than 1 million. So there are a lot of options. For me right now, there are three cities that I consider. One is Kunming. That is the city I've been previously where I already studied for for some months and there could be an option again. I love Kunming. It's in a beautiful province called Yunnan. It's in the southwest of China. Less developed than other cities, but a lovely place. That might be one choice. Then there is Xiamen. Xiamen is one of the coastal cities in Fujian province. It is a bit more developed already, but not comparable to, let's say, Shanghai. It's um, one of those big port cities, a bit more touristic, a lovely place, amazing food, and also in a very um, nice province with an amazing climate, which is always very, very important for me. So that's also a, a city I consider. And the third one is Guangzhou. Guangzhou is in the very south of China, close to Shenzhen and Hong Kong. It's one of the big economic centers, one of the first tier cities. So it's more developed than my other two options. It is also economically more developed and has more business opportunities for me. So I have to make some trade-offs wherever I go. That's for sure. Um, also depends a bit at the end on the, on the university. So yeah, I will definitely give you an update once I'm going there and tell you about the about a city. I don't know, maybe if I if I return, I'm also going to make some more episodes, a higher frequency, tell you a bit about China. Because you might wonder, Eric, why are you going to China again? What what makes you going there all the time? I get it, you are interested in China, you you like the culture perhaps, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go there all the time. Well, apart from the the obvious the obvious motivation that um, I want to explore China, I asked myself as well why actually why you want to go why do you want to go to China again? And the reason is that China for me in its development that I see right now is so fascinating that I just feel I have to be there right now. There are a lot of theories why people do certain things, what motivates them. And 
if you look on certain theories and you see that some people they want to do something because they want to be part of something big and china is something big especially its development i'm not just talking about the country as it is right now but i think what we see right now this development is some some event no it's not an event it's a, it's a it's a yeah, it's a development over over decades that people are going to still talk about in centuries and for me it's just absolutely fascinating and astonishing when i'm when i was in china there were so many new things every day that i experienced and um yeah i i just um i just have to be there i i want to witness on the spot how china is changing but i also want to benefit and i can do this better in china than in europe i also want to keep telling people about china and i think after some time i can deliver more value when i'm really in china i of course have a network there i know a lot about china even if i'm not there and see things that other people won't see here but yeah it's it's just different and um i'm um, i'm not a defender of china but i feel like there 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 should be some people like me who publish content about china that is more real more reliable than what we find on all this nonsense media right now so i see myself uh, also in uh, in this in this kind of role and want to um enable people to find opportunities in china um of course if you look at my track and follow china project also in terms of investments but there are too many reasons and i can i can do much better job in china for for you guys and for myself essentially right so china is, is the place to be right now for me while my own country germany to be honest is on a very questionable path in my opinion and the good thing is nowadays in our modern world it's incredible complex partly it is also a bit more troublesome but the good thing is that we can almost freely choose where we want to go and we can go where we are treated best and where we want to live of course you must be able to afford it you also must comply legally that's including including visa you have to um stick to cultural customs and stuff you cannot just practice your own way of living in all places of the world if you go somewhere you have to adapt but if you are able to manage that then you can go almost everywhere and that is what i do there's so many great spots on earth i have seen many recently and for me the next years are definitely going to be in china and with that let's um, talk a bit about china what do i expect china to be like in 2021 what are interesting things that we're going to see and i will summarize it a bit and identified four major trends relevant trends they're not really let's say unique to 2021 most of them are already around for some time some might speed up a bit in 2021 and some of them are just very relevant because of the um yeah current situation and so i'm i'm going to talk a bit about this and i think it's quite interesting the first trend that i see is more self-reliance of china the economic focus of china will be more and more on the internal cycle 
So that means on the domestic market. China wants to gain more independence in a lot of areas. They already implemented this quite successfully in parts. So they have more internal consumption. They have a more stable domestic market. They're less dependent on the outside world. The greatest challenge is certainly the very crucial area of semiconductors. You might have read about this. So we have a lack here in China, definitely lack of a resource and technology. China needs semiconductors, but the decisive players are in the US, are in Taiwan and South Korea. And it is very interesting because China is able to catch up almost everywhere or even past other countries. They either develop this themselves or they've just purchased the growth. And so in many industries, China is yeah at the top right now, or at least let's say one of the leading players, but not in this industry because it is so complex that it is very, very difficult. So that is going to be a, a huge challenge for China. But overall, you can see that China wants to be less dependent. And of course, this might affect other countries. Because if you're less dependent, it gives you more power. And this is a trend that I see to continue in 2021. The second part that I identified is consumption is what matters. That is important. We probably going to see more authoritarian steps from the government. We see more control of the private sector. The best example might be the anti-monopoly campaigns that some companies are facing recently where they want to make sure that some of the big guys don't have too much power and cannot freely dominate and dictate the domestic market in China. But at the end, what really drives the market is consumption. There were a couple of people contacting me regarding the case of Jack Ma. They worried mainly about the Alibaba shares. They say, hey, does Jack Ma um, show up again? What's going to happen to him? Are, is Alibaba shut down? I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. People ask me basically that literally. And I say, guys, look, first of all, Alibaba is doing a great job. If you believe in a company, keep investing. That's, that's the first thing. And Jack Ma right now, he's not even a CEO anymore of Alibaba. He's an important person. But he's not, he's not uh, the head anymore and he made sure his legacy gonna survive. And you have to understand that in China, whenever something might threaten the authority of the government or could endanger, let's say, the stability or harmony in China, the government will definitely reserve the right to intervene. And it happened with Jack Ma prior to the uh, end IPO where he criticized a lot of things where you have to be careful in China. Whether you like this or not, doesn't matter. That's a historical and cultural law in China. Most people agree with that. They say, no, you shouldn't criticize certain things. And that's what Jack Ma did. So he crossed a certain line and he understood that he has to be careful with certain statements. But nonetheless, China and its government, they know that the private sector is extremely important. In the end, it is consumption that determines where an economy goes, not not policies. Policies might be important, might be enabler, might also be impairments and harmful, but at the end, consumption is what matters. And I generously bought a lot of Alibaba shares recently because when the stock crashed, 
There are a lot of people who don't understand China. They were scared like shit and had shaky hands and sold their stocks. That's perfect. That's how you make money. What I find interesting is that what we see in China now that the government is regulating the private sector and will continue to do so, that's a general global trend. You can't compare China to the Western world in the sense, 100%. No, not possible because it's different. The government in China has a different role. But censorship, including restrictions of free speech, is taking place right now everywhere. Open your eyes. That's very obvious. I'm not saying this is bad, but it happens in the West as well. The, the internet is less free than it used to be 20 years ago. You can't argue with that. It's very obvious and probably it makes sense, yes. But I find it very interesting that if it happens in the West, if the big companies, that whether it's Facebook or Amazon, if they ban certain people, if they censor, then people say, oh yeah, that's good. They should do that because it's it's not good for society to give some people a stage, okay? But if it happens in China, then everyone will say, oh, that's a dictatorship. That's very interesting. So that's very double standard to my mind, partly. Although, again, it's a bit different because of the strong position of the government in China, but at the end, it's not that different if you're really aware what happens. The third trend that I see is mutual benefits. When tectonic blades shift, when there's an earthquake, the surface will shake. And the same applies to economic powers. When their relations and their power is in motion, then you also have certain tensions. That's what we see already. I'm not interested in all this political monkey show that is going on already for the past years. I'm rather convinced that in the end, globalization will have a lot of positive effects. It was like this in the past, and it's going to be like this in the future. There are a lot of mutual benefits. Globalization is going to change perhaps a bit. It's it's going to be different because technology plays a much more important role. There are things that will change. However, certain patterns will not. There are various innovations and trends that mostly have started on one continent and then are picked up by others. It used to be Europe, like some decades ago. Recently, it was mostly America. And now we see more from the Far East, from China and Asia. So they have a bigger influence on our future as well. China is already the measure of all things in many areas. In digitalization infrastructure, whether it's 5G technology, whether it's autonomous driving, whether it's digital payments, modern logistics, e-commerce, and many more. And nobody will be able to afford to neglect such advancements in the long term. If you have the best solution, then others must make use of it. And if it's available, then simply not using it for the reason of pride or protectionism is not a good solution. So I think what we're going to see again is that we have more collaboration, more exchange, and that countries are solving common problems together in 2021 and that we are at least experiencing less unnecessary fights. The fourth big trend that I see in 2021 is a bit more financial. 
its capital inflow in China. Overall, China's stock exchanges did not really well last year. That might surprise some of you and also surprise me because China's economy did much better than all other countries. So did the companies there. If you look on the stock exchanges, then this is not really reflected or rewarded. A lot of Western stock markets perform much better than China. And this doesn't really make sense in the first place. So why was there more capital invested? And well, there are two reasons that I see as the, as the major drivers for that. On one hand, China was not flooded with freshly printed money to the same extent as the West. And the second is that we are still seeing a massive risk and valuation discount. China is still associated with more risk. However, if you believe in, like me, in the efficiency of markets, then you know that this is not going to be the case forever. I think there's going to be a change. And the Chinese market, whether it's the stock exchange or the private equity market or generally the corporate market, it's going to open up further. We often have the impression that China is more reserved economically. No, China is opening up. You can, you can see that the restricted industries become less. There's more possibility for foreigners to found companies to invest in China. It is much easier. Don't get fooled. And with this, it also means that there's going to be more trust. There's going to be more transparency. The Chinese market currently is in a discovery phase. And discovery is always a bit risky. So it's perceived still as a bit uncertain compared to the opportunities. And sure, for a lot of investors in the West, they say, no, I don't put my money there. It's still too risky for me. Why? Because they don't understand China. And then, of course, you will invest in Europe and America and it works well right now. But China, has, as I said, China is the place to be right now. One of the places, not the only place. And there are a lot of opportunities. And China is in a lot of areas still in the beginning. They, they're going to continue. We're going to see a lot of IPOs in 2021. New companies popping up and selling their shares. We have a lot of mergers probably. So there's a consolidation. A lot of companies, Chinese companies who are listed, which are listed in the US are going to return to China because of regulation issues or for a second listing in Hong Kong. Now in Hong Kong, we already have 60% of the companies in the Hang Seng are already mainland China companies. And all this is, of course, a, yeah, let's call it digestive process that takes time. And um, after this or with this comes trust. And even though there are, there are issues right now, it doesn't change the overall prospect. And to my mind, China definitely has the world's best risk benefit ratio over the next 30 years. So personally, you know that I put most of my money to China and what we saw, for instance, during the, la during the past weeks is that there are first signs that there is more money going to Asia, not just China, also to Asia in general, while Europe, for instance, is seeing an outflow of capital. And it makes sense. Look at the situation. Then you know why investors, big, I'm not talking about myself. I talk about the big fishes, 
they see this. And so it's only a question of time, not if. And you see that China is attracting more investors and money is going there. That is something that will speed up in 2021 as well and that we will see over the next years. So these are the, the big the big four trends that I found most relevant for us. More self-reliance of China, consumption over policies, mutual benefits and capital inflow in China. Okay, um, so much for my update and outlook on 2021. Most of the people I talk to these days, despite the still uncomfortable situation, are similarly optimistic. That's good. Uh, I hope you're having a great year. May all of you do well this year. And I hope that I can make your year just a bit better with my podcast show here, where I'm updating you about China with insights into China that you can't find elsewhere and give you some food for thought that might change your view a bit and in the best case even allow you to benefit from all these amazing chances that will also be around in 2021. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Folio China podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net.